0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Stacey US podcast. I'm your co host Ben, and I'm joined once again by Gary. How are you, my good man?
1: I'm very good mate actually my uh my partner is on the way home she wasn't home all weekend so I'm either in a good mood for seeing her or I'll be in a bad mood when she discovers I spent 70 quid on programs at the weekend.
0: Okay cool well we we might let that one slide and hope that she doesn't listen to this episode unless she uh she finds out beforehand or are you, you going to keep it quiet and say well I bought a couple and yeah.
1: Yeah well you might be, you might be presenting on your own next week if it doesn't go too <laughs> well for me.
0: Fair enough but um we will, as ever, get straight into it, uh, discussing the the joyous result of the weekend. Um, I think it was one that we were all looking forward to. It's one that I know meant quite a bit more than just your average game uh, to, to quite a few of us, in, including yourself. I think you might have had a somewhat of a vested interest in it on Saturday to make sure that we won. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we, we came through against a let's be honest a very very good forest greenside um on saturday uh you know early goal from from big john um turned i think it turned a lot of public opinion um on him uh, you know th- we've we've been championing him for a while obviously but a lot of the um a lot of the, the the dissenters i think were turned around a little bit on saturday or at least have started to be um and then kellen gordon getting his uh, you know goal with pretty much his first touch of the game in the second half so um what did you what did you make of the game and you know how how did you see it from from where you were because you were in the director's box weren't you sorry the boardroom
1: well i was in the sat in the director's boxes watching the game so i had uh, bob dorian behind me and and liam and uh, jim brealy in front of me and it was um yeah, it was very good. Um, going on to the game, we could bang on about how well Forest Green played, but I think that's been done to death. Yeah, well done. They didn't win anything, so you know they played all the pretty football they like. At the end of the day, I I, I didn't do it after the game. I didn't focus on on how well we played, um, which sounds silly when you consider some of the passes that went astray and the fact that we kept kind of going backwards. But what we did was we were defended very well. We were organised. It was a relatively makeshift side, players carrying knocks. So there was only ever going to be so much that that we could do. Uh, Early doors, it looked to me like it was just going to be end-to-end. You know, they they carry the ball forward, have an effort. We boot the ball forward, have an effort. We were always going to go long ball. We said it on the pod last week. It was always going to be the case. Big John's goal quality. Um, Good ball from Harry Anderson. And what I really like, if you look... Harry winning the ball, he wins the ball like a holding midfielder. He goes in for two strong tackles and that's what I always say about Harry. It's what he offers different to Bruno. Bruno gets the ball runs with it. Harry will win you the ball. And if you watch it, he makes, I think it's two tackles. I think he, he kind of goes in, half wins it, goes in, wins it again. Puts mm. it right in the danger area. It comes kind of over the channel and just starts to drop centrally. Um, and that's what Big John's all about. And, you know, he, he hasn't shown it all season. Not Let's not gloss it up. I, I'm a I'm a John Akindi fan, as everybody knows. Um, but he hasn't shown that level of lethal finishing all season. If he had, we might have three more points. However if he didn't show it on Saturday and he hadn't showed it at Exeter and he hadn't done the other stuff, we might have 10 fewer points. So, you know, brilliant. Um, I really liked the ovation he got. And, you know, it was being able to sit and watch the co-op as almost everybody seemed to rise to their feet. And he got a massive ovation as he went off and you could almost see it. He had this kind of childish smile as he came across to the dugout as almost as if to say, you know, I'm feeling it. It's the first time he's ever had that at Bank because his other appearance came away at Exeter. I think, and I might be wrong, but I think it might be a benchmark on Saturday. It might be a uh, a point where John Akindi becomes more the player that we hope he is and not the player that we think he is, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it came across in what Danny said in his, uh, in his post-match as well, where... Um, he kind of said, you know, he's he's a beast of a man, or you know, he's he's a he's a big strong bloke, but he's got feelings as well. And it's like, you know, that's that kind of sentiment is is one of those where you get a lot of people, you know, going, oh well, bloody hell, he's played enough; he should be able to score week in week out. Which is stuff that I've heard, and it's you know, it's it's ridiculous. But the fact is that you know, I thought he had possibly his best game. Well I don't think there's possibly about it. I think he had his best game at Centralble Bank on Saturday. Um, I think he he played extremely well uh, and you know he, it was capped off and I think when he scored, I think there was a lot of people that were probably more more pleased for him than than just you know getting another goal in the league. I think it was um, I think there's, there's so many people that have been wanting to see John O'Kindy fail. In, in a weird way, you know we've we've spoken about this before, and we've said you know that there almost seems to be this contingent of fans that that want somebody to fail so that they can be proved right and I think Saturday you know like like I said in the sort in the intro, I just sort of said that it was it was possibly one of those games where I think the fan opinion started to turn back the other way and people were starting to see, like you say, you know, the, the John and Kindy that we we thought we'd signed rather than the John and Kindy that we wanted to see that we'd signed. Yeah, um, I
1: agree with that. I also think that there was, in the the, the stuff on social media, I noticed that there was a, an instant clamour for another scapegoat. Um, I see Josh Vickers was being questioned and people saying that Grant Smith was the best I don't get it. Why do we have to have a scapegoat? We beat Forest Green two one. The goal mm. we conceded was as much fault of James Wilson, another scapegoat, as it was anybody. But you know why are we doing it? Wilson's playing out of position because Neil Erdley is injured. Kellen Gordon, anyone that tells me he's a right back needs to needs to take another look because he's a right winger all day long. You could see that yesterday as well against. Uh, um, the kids from Wolves, that Callum Gordon's a wide player. So James Wilson's filling a role, but, you know, there's people that are looking, oh, I could play right back better than James Wilson. Sure, you could. That's why he sat in the stands every Saturday afternoon paying 17 quid to get in, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use him as a scapegoat, but I, I don't think Wilson had the best of games on uh, on Saturday. I think uh, um, as much as it pains me to to give some... some Props to, uh, to to the boys from, you know, from down in the, the little village that could. Um, I think the they... they the, the little club on the hill. I, I prefer the little the little village that could. It, just, it makes them sound like Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um, I think they, you know, th- they did the homework and I think they, they realised, you know, if Erdly's out, we've got a potential chance down that right, uh, you know, down the left-hand side as it would be for them. Um, and I, I don't think, james wilson had the best of games um the positive is that it sounds like early might be back for saturday's game um i don't actually know what the what the injury is that he's got at the moment um but it, it sounds you know obviously it's kept him out for a couple of weeks and it's uh, it's going to be it, it'll be a welcome return for him i think um and obviously you know we've we've got that uh, we've, we've what will be a difficult game against um, a Northampton side that I think most people would probably be first to admit that we were a little bit fortunate to beat in the opening game. Um, But before we come on to that, we'll, we'll briefly talk about the, um, the checker trade debacle, sorry, trophy, um, where I sort of said on, on, um, on Twitter that we, we need something of a complex maths lesson to, to understand you know what we need to, to progress in the competition i don't understand like why they've done what they've done with the format and it's it's just a, it's just ridiculous isn't
1: it it's an ass that's what it is because what they've done is they want with the penalties they want it It's been more exciting for the fan. And then they put the last round of games staggered over two weeks so the fan doesn't know what the hell is happening at 90 minutes. I didn't go. Um, People who read my blog know that. Went to the game, put some money in the club's coffers, bought a programme, did the shirt thing. I had no intention. I I lost interest on the Mansfield game when we brought Jamie McComb on because, uh, no disrespect to Jamie McCoom, we said it on the pod at that point, it became painfully obvious that we were not giving a monkey's chuff about the checker trade trophy danny can Mm. say all he wants about you know we want to do well in the competition and we want to do this and we want to do that and then you know we have adam crooks at center back Um, i know there wasn't a lot of other options if you really want to do well play a stronger side Um, you know as far as i'm concerned I, i i have no interest i won't be bothered what Mansfield do against Gunthorpe. Don't care if we go through. Don't care if we we don't. If we get to Wembley, don't get me wrong, I'll be there cheering. Of course I would. But at this moment in time, I'll share the attitude that the club have towards the Czech trade trophy. Um, It was a little bit hard walking away from the ground and hearing the cheer that went up when Matt Green scored. But perhaps testament to how um, unsupported the trophy is, I didn't know whether it was a cheer for a goal, a free kick, because it wasn't particularly a, a, a head on your neck cheer. So... You know, to be honest, I'd rather yeah.
0: have a Forest Green game a bit more than Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do if you want. Um, it I was, know. Um, you know, I'd, I think uh, yeah, we've 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 done the check trade in on the podcast already, and I think um, it was actually pointed out after the fact that we 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 actually completely neglected to talk about the um, the Scunthorpe game. So that I think that sort of that that basically sums it up for me. I think you know a game against. Uh, a club who were at one point, you know, and probably still are to a a slightly lesser extent, you know, the the fierce local rivals. Um, and we didn't even talk about it. So, um, yeah, let's,
1: what I would say is that in one, we've won one match in five in the checker trade trophy. And that was the final. If you're going to win one match out of five, make it a Wembley final. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a really good way of looking at it. I didn't, I didn't, didn't, uh, that's a stat I'd not really thought about. So um,
1: here's another stat you didn't probably won't have thought about. Realistically, we could qualify for the next round of a competition without actually winning a game, and that for me is not the sign of a good competition.
0: Yeah, uh, it's happening. You know, obviously, it's happening in you know international football as well with with teams getting through to the next round of the, the World Cup and stuff yeah. like that. But the thing is with that that group stage makes sense. You know, you you play each other, you don't get extra points for penalty shootouts when you draw, you don't get, you know, you don't get games staggered over two weeks when you're playing the final group game of a, of a, you know, of a a round. It's just, I mean, we, you know, we, I think we spoke a little bit last season during, during the, uh, the the checker trade run. And we, we sort of said that it's not necessarily that we saw it as a farce of a competition because it was an avenue for us to get to Wembley and it was an avenue for us to get some silverware. I think this season, certain changes have happened and, and certain things are now in place where, I don't know, I, I almost feel a bit hypocritical saying it's, you know, it's it's a joke of a competition this year when, in all honesty, not a huge amount's changed, but then you look at some stuff and you think, well, yeah, but enough's changed to, to just make it a bit of a piss take.
1: The club's attitude changed. That's the only thing that's changed,
0: is the attitude that
1: the club are taking towards it. Okay, there's, i, I get there's the final round of games, but yeah, I buy that. But it, for me, I'd be like, yeah, I feel a little bit hypocritical. I went to all the track trade trophy games, bar Mansfield away. Um, really enjoyed the run. Got to Wembley. Great memories. Uh, but it's kind of like watching a you know a long film like uh, that Australia. Have you watched that Australia. With Hugh Jackman and somebody else Nicole Kidman in it and you stick with it and you watch it and it's not a bad film but when the film finishes you think I won't really sit through it again I've enjoyed it but you know I don't want to do it again and that's the same with a checker trade mm. trophy. I don't I don't I don't want to have to have an under twenty one team and a penalty shootout since the banking game for a place at Wembley. We saved football last year. let some other bastard do it this year. We've served <laughs> our time, we've we've done it. Do you know what I mean? So and if the club don't care about it, then you know, brilliant. Let's win some league games. Let's talk about the bread and butter. Let's all the FA Cup. Let's do that, you know, not check trade trophy. Completed it, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think um we will move on to, to Saturday. Um, obviously, you know, it's against the Northampton side, like I said, that they're a good side. And it's the fact that they are where they are is... is. I personally think it's quite a surprise to see, you know, Northampton where they are in the league, um, sort of languishing, languishing in 16th. Um, I would have thought they'd be... I, I mean, I didn't go to the, the opening game of the season, but from, from what I understand, they were... Um, that they were a decent side, uh, potentially hindered a little bit by um, by the management early on. Obviously, they've changed the manager over now, and Keith Cole's gone over to um, to Northampton. There, um, it's a, obviously the FA Cup's always a difficult one to to sort of predict and talk about because you you don't know. You know, we've we've proven that in the past, um, but I think we would probably. I don't know. I, I can't see us going all out on Saturday. Obviously, we've got, you know, a couple of players coming back from injury. Um, but I think Bozzi is confirmed to be out, Danny said in his post-match interview last night. Um, he's he's likely to miss Saturday, I think was what he said. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're going to have Erdly potentially back. Um, how How do you see it? playing out i mean obviously you know they've, they've got a few threats they've got they, they, they've just been hmm they, they're starting to get some results together in the league um sorry as expert analysis they've just been hmm <laughs> you don't get that on sky sports well you know i mean if a, if a, if you did get that on sky sports i'd be a very rich man i'll tell you that now but um yeah how, how do you see it because it's it, it's a difficult one and I don't really know where to call it.
1: Yeah, well, as usual, I've done a, a little bit of prep work on Northampton and one of the things that Keith yeah. Cole's done, he's gone straight in there and set him up not to lose. Um, so he started playing a three four one two formation with three, three across the back, two win-backs, two holding midfielders and a bank of four in front of them, an attacking midfielder and two forwards looking to get width through the wing backs, so obviously not be hit down the centre. Now, whether he plays that against us or not would be interesting because if he does, we like to have double on the wing full, uh, full back and a winger. So, you know, somebody then is going to have to come out. So it'd be an in- interesting to see how he sets up. Now they have won six, the last seven, two of those have been in the competition that we've basically just been saying is, is a bit of a, you know, it's a non entity. You, you can't talk about form and include a game against Fulham kids. Um, you know, and it's the same with us. You know, we, we've drawn two games of the last nine. I don't count because it's Scunthorpe and, and Wolves. Um, the leading scorers are Matt Crooks and Kevin Van Veen. Matt Crooks got a hat trick in a win at Macclesfield five 0 So technically, it's two goals and three in a game against an appalling Macclesfield side. So it's Van Veen who's the who's the danger man, and he was on the bench on the first game of the season, um, not even a year or two ago. I think somebody was interested in paying a couple of million for him. He, he could be a danger, as could the forward Sam Hoskins. I really liked Hoskins on the opening day. I thought he was quick and direct. Um, his end product was absolute garbage. But um he, he kind of he he was he was frightening players. Now we didn't play well on the opening day. The point I would make about that is that we played a three five two formation ourselves, which was part of the early experiment. If you remember, Danny went three five two before three three before we settled on, on our current formation. So I wouldn't read too much into it. Now, of their wins, uh, the, the five of their wins, uh, five matches rather, they've beat Macclesfield, Oldham and Crewe. You know, if, if you're aspiring top seven, you should be beating those teams. For me, Older, uh, Northampton rather are aspiring top seven because they've got League One players. Shouldn't have come down last year. It was bad management. They've kept a lot of the squad together. They beat Forest Green Rovers 2-1. Pfft, who hasn't? Um, and the only, other <laughs> game, the only other game that in that run where they lost to MK Don. So... For me, they're showing the sort of form that we will see them finishing between 10th and 3rd, uh, which makes it a tough game. Uh, touching on, on what you said about our priorities, I certainly think we'll prioritise Saturday a hell of a lot more than we prioritised last night, don't get me wrong. Um, I can't see us playing Wharton and Shackle at centre-half because I don't like a left-footed player at right centre-half because what you're looking for the right centre-back to do where possibly get it out to his, uh, his full-back or to his winger and start the attack from there. And he's having to either play it with the outside of his boot or he's having to turn his body to play it or play it with his weaker foot and it doesn't work. Um, if Neil Erdley is back, I would imagine it'll be James Wilson and Jason Shackle. Um, if Neil Erdley is not back, then it's probably going to be Wharton and Shackle with Wilson at right-back. Can't see Kellen Gordon playing at right-back. Other than that, I expect us to play a full first team. I expect us to play, uh, if he's fit, Lee Frecklington, Michael O'Connor, possibly Tom Pett, uh, or any two from those. I expect us to play Andrade and Anderson and McKinney with uh, McCartan behind him, if McCartan can play in the FA Cup. If not, it will obviously be Matt Green. Um, yeah, you know what? Well, I quite fancy it. I think it will be a good game because it's one where points aren't at stake. And so it doesn't have to quite be as cagey. There's, you know, there's really got to be a winner. I know that it could go to a replay, but you know, they might want to take us back there. They might be cagey. We're going to want to win it. As long as we do better than the last time we played them in the FA Cup, which was in the fifth qualifying round in 1923 when we lost 5-1. Hmm. So, yeah, that's my thoughts anyway. I, I think it'll be a cagey game. I think one team will win it by the odd goal. And I would like to think it'll be us, but I don't think it's going to be straightforward.
0: Fair enough. You don't get that on Sky Sports either. I'll tell you that now. It's
1: um,
0: 1923 yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, um, in, we were actually in the third division north at the time. So, quite why we had to play in the fifth qualifying round, I don't know. But we'd already <laughs> played another qualifying round before that and beat Dennerby United.
0: Who? <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I can't really see it being, uh, well, I can't really see it being quite as cagey now. You've you, you've made that point of there being, you know, not not that uh, no points at stake or anything like that. Obviously, you know, the FA Cup has has been good to us over the the past uh, you know, past few years. Um, one year, and I think uh, it was good. Well, to, it was you know, good to us for one year. We've been shitting it for three decades. <laughs> <laughs> You know what i mean you know we we've obviously uh, we've obviously had the um the, the the legacy of that has has been officially unveiled today um as we're talking um which you know i know is potentially a little bit of a sore spot for you 'cause you you sat there with with a bit of a cold um and you, you may you well you could have been at the at the training ground today but hopefully we'll uh, you know we'll we'll get over there at some point and have a look around it i i'm really i'd love to to check that out but obviously that's the legacy of the cup run. Another one would be lovely. Um, you know, I think all, all teams at this level and, and below are sort of hoping for a cup run um, of the, you know, of the magnitude that we had. Um, obviously it's a very rare thing to happen, but we'll see. It's, it's always a it, the first round of the FA cup always a, you know, a decent, a decent um, outing. Um, I think it'll potentially be maybe not a full first team. Um, I think we'll probably see a couple of the players from, from last night um, involved on Saturday as well. Like I say, I, I don't think they're going to get, you know, don't think Danny's going to go uh, the whole hog with having essentially the first, well, the same 11 that played last night. I think we will mix it up a little bit, but um,
1: I'd be disappointed Ben if we did. Really? Yeah, well, i will be disappointed if we don't treat it like a league game. It's, it's not the League Cup where you've got to win 20 rounds before you make a couple of But It's not the Checker Trade Trophy where you've got to beat kids that earn more than our entire squad do. This is the proper, real competition. This is the reason that football is what it is, football across the entire world. This is the competition, the oldest club competition in the world. It's the one where dreams are made. It's the one that made this club. And I would be incredibly disappointed if we did anything other than play a full first team barring injuries.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think, um, personally, I think maybe if they, if they started in a, you know, started a couple of, of fringe players, I don't like that word, but you know, maybe started with them and then second half came out guns blazing and, and try and get the win. I think a lot of it might depend on, um, what happens with next week's game at Yeovil. I think if that's, uh, you know, if, if that's on the, on the verge of being called off, cause or. Well, Sorry, postponed. Um, with the international situation there, which I, I still maintain that's a ridiculous situation. But we can have a chat about that in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'd like to see the full, you know, I'd like to see the full first team out there. Um, but I can see potentially a couple of uh, a couple of the players coming in, and uh,
1: you know what, he might do. He might try try Green and uh, Green and Akindi together.
0: I'd really like on to see third, that. On,
1: yeah, certainly on the back of uh, Green's performance last night. Mm. You know, okay, it was two fortuitous goals. I might not have been at the game, but I've watched the highlights. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see that. I'd like to see Green running from in deep. He mm. he might try a different approach, but I don't think that he'll devalue the competition by playing a weak inside.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: I, and, and Matt Green wouldn't be a weak inside. He's been knocking on the door, uh, but if you know. Bruno Andrade doesn't start or um, Frecklinton and O'Connor are both left out or something like that, I, I, I think we'd all feel a little bit short-changed. Like you said, we've got a spanking brand-new training ground down there and that's been paid for by FA Cup money. And don't underestimate the desire of this squad to want to do something in the FA Cup that they're remembered for. Because mm-hmm. at the minute, Lincoln City predominantly are remembered for that FA Cup tie. You speak to a neutral and you are a Lincoln City fan. Oh, didn't you do well in the FA Cup the other year? And what we got three players left that were in that run Sam Habigan, Matt Reed. I think Possibly that's it. Uh, uh, Harry what? Anderson. He was on loan.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think he played, I'm not sure. But you, do you know what I mean? There's the players, the likes of Neil Lurdley, Michael Boswick, Matt Green, they're going to, especially the ones that have been at the club for last season as well as this season, are going to think, hang on, we won the check trade. We're top of the league and we're still getting talked over you know Jack Muldoon and, and Johnny Margots and Joe Ward still played in the bigger game the one that remembered for mm. uh, they'll they'll want it they'll want it more than they want to check a trade trophy in the League Cup believe me
0: that's a good point it's one i have not really thought about to be honest it's um yeah I,
1: thought about it. I spoke to Neil early. I interviewed him the other week <laughs> and he more or less told me that so
0: <laughs> fair enough um so yeah um we'll you know obviously that's that's Saturday uh, Kind of covered. Um, I know we wanted to briefly talk a little bit about these uh, the rumours flying around. Obviously, you mentioned Harry uh, coming in on loan during our FA Cup season. Um, wanted to briefly talk about the the rumours flying around about Harry Anderson being looked at by Championship sides. Now, from my point of view, I think it would be a disservice to Harry if Championship sides weren't looking at him at the moment. I think um he's done very well uh you know he's 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 been he's come on leaps and bounds since last season I think last season he 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 played well um but I think this season he's he's really stepped it up a notch and he's working on the opposite side to to a well quite quite possibly one of the best signings I think we've we've made in a very long time in Bruno Andrade but he's on the other side and he's he's really up in his game and I think he's been well, he's just been fantastic for us so far. Personally, like I say, if Championship sides weren't looking at him, that then in my mind there'd be something wrong with the scouting system in you know in the Championship. Um, I know you've got a couple of bits to say about it because you've you've obviously done your piece on the blog about it. And uh, what I, I think some of the um, some of the, the the panic and the outrage has been way overblown. Um,
1: because
0: i mean there's been a bit of a panic that i've seen on on some social media where people have been going oh you know how he's going it's like well he's not is he? he he will he will stay and if he does go it will cost whoever take him an awful lot of money um but yeah let's let's talk about it a little bit obviously you know you you've got a couple of bits to say so i'll let you have the floor
1: yeah well i mean to be honest i'm a little bit of a bogger really because i pretty much broke it um obviously <laughs> i, I work well, I work for Football League World as well, and we have a WhatsApp group where if there's any breaking news that comes through on the on the various um, sites that that we can use as a as a um, reference, it gets mentioned. And up it popped on, you know, such and such looking at Harry Anderson. So rather than claim it on Football League World, I, I, I put it straight on my site, and it came from a site called Team Talk, who we use as um, a, a source and a source, a trusted source to a degree. Uh, at Football League World, uh, now uh, some of their championship stuff is good. They do, they are a little bit in the know. But when I dug around, some of the stuff from non-league and League Two is actually just pure speculation. Um, I did a, a blog on it yesterday or today, as we're recording, but yesterday as you're listening, um, mm-hmm. and it just you know, they linked us with James Hardy in the summer. Uh, but said that we might lose out to League One teams or Championship teams. Um, he still a filed, so we didn't lose out. And they basically they, they they were just. It seems to me that they pick a player from non-league, throw three or four names at it that will get a few hits, uh, and, and off they go. Now I know that sounds like me throwing an article out there saying how he's going to get a few hits, but the fact is I treated them as a respectable source. Mm. Um, personally. I act, I don't put much value in it. Blackburn have played us twice. They would have seen Harry Anderson. Of course, they're watching him. we will be watching 10 or 15 of our players. For me, these sites are a little bit irresponsible because um, when they're treated as trusted um, sources, not, you know, sites like mine, I'd, I'd sometimes discuss who we might, who we could sign in theory and, and don't actually link us. But these sites are making a firm link between a player uh, and a move away. And, and for me, you know, it, it does, it panics fans a little bit. I've, I've reported it because I guarantee if I hadn't, somebody else would have linked it on there. So, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not justifying, I don't, I don't feel I have to justify why I, I delivered it. Um, mm. But I do feel that I have to then look at the source and, and kind of comment on whether I think it's good or not. I mean, away from that, of course, Harry's going to be looked at. He's 21 years old. He's stronger than a big old, Chunk of Gorgonzola. He's hmm. he's quick. He's bullish. He's tough. He can score. And I disagree a little bit with the improvement on last year because I think in the first half of last year, up to when he was sent off against Luton, I thought he was fantastic. Don't forget the goal at Forest Green that won one 0 You know, he's like like lightning down the field, slotted away nicely. So I think he's always been. I don't think um, there's. there's When I say don't think there's improvement, I don't mean he stood still, but I don't think that there's been a need to develop massively. I think there's just been the normal, steady development. And I think when you look at the goal this weekend, you know, with the two tackles I spoke, I think he he plays very well. My issue with Harry is he tends to die away around 60 minutes, whether that's a fitness thing, whether it's, uh, I I don't really know. Um, You know, and obviously we replaced him with Kellen Gordon and that went well. Uh, So Mm. Harry would be better staying put. Um, because you get the football at a level that is good for him. Um, But yeah, face facts, our players are soon going to start getting looked at. Scouts will be flocking to watch Bruno. No Mm. doubt at all, Bruno and Harry terrify fullbacks. And when you're a winger with pace and a little bit of end product, you're always going to get looked at.
0: Yeah, 100%. Just quickly, what what I meant was by, you know, when, when Harry's with the improvement and stuff, I think for me, the thing is I've... I don't know whether it was just something I was missing last season, and it was still there. I think Harry's end product for me has improved dramatically. I think um, there there were some moments last season where he would, um, you know, either be, he'd, he'd be sort of going forward and maybe he'd he'd make the wrong decision. I think it's maybe a maturing rather than a you know a dramatic improvement where he's now. I think the the, the relationship between him and Erdley is. Uh, it, from the stands, it looks like that's growing quite a lot. And it's, you know, they're understanding each other a lot, lot more now um, than they would have done, you know, at this point last season, which is, you know, understandable. I I, I think it's just more of, you know, a a maturing of Harry and, you know, obviously with him being a younger player, that's that's to be expected. Um, But yeah, I think...
1: (laughs) I I think that's interesting. Um, And we are allowed to disagree, by the way, um, because I think at at times, I think Hurdley and Anderson this season at times have looked like they're on a different wavelength. And I, I sometimes I've seen, uh, you know, Harry make a run inside and, and Neil play the ball outside. and I don't think they work half as well as as Harry Toffolo and Bruno Andrade on the other flank. I'm not saying they work badly, but I'm just saying that we're not as effective from the right flank as we are the left flank. And I think that is demonstrated by the fact that Neil Eardley hasn't got as many assists this season as he did last season.
0: Yeah. Sure. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. I think, you know, like you say, we're, we're allowed to sort of we, you know, have those have the dis, the minor disagreements and stuff like that. As long as we're not at each other's throats, which I don't think we will ever be, <laughs> we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I you know, I personally, I just think, um, like I said, you're going to get players looking at. at sorry, you're going to get scouts from 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 up above looking at our players. Um, th- there's no denying it. You know, we're, we are we're a club that's recruited well. Um, it's uh, it's a phrase, to, to borrow a phrase from Steve Thompson, you know, the recruitment's nine-tenths of the law and we've done it, um, you know, we've done it extremely well over the past, well, over, over the closed season and undoubtedly we'll do it again in uh, in January. But um, well,
1: Interestingly, I mean, I was at the programme fair on Sunday and one of the biggest dealers of Lincoln programmes in the country is a uh, Peterborough fan. And I was chatting to him about uh, Peterborough, Lincoln City players. And he said, oh, there's one player I wish we'd never got rid of. And I was I was expecting him to say Michael Boswick. And he said, Harry Anderson. He said, I'll never understand why we let him go so cheap to you. Mm. So that, I think that says it all when it's not Bozzy that the Peterborough fans are lamenting letting go when you know how good yep. Bozzy is for us.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's he's got bags of talent and he's only going to get better as uh, you know as he gets older. So um, we'll uh, we'll move away from from Harry. I think the uh, you know the overriding feeling is, of course, he's going to get looked at, but I don't think there's anything to worry about right now. Um, we'll come to questions because I think you've got a you've got a question this week
1: yeah i've got one apologies to whoever it was because i i was that rushed off my i said rushed off my feet i was that busy talking to people um last night at the shirt exhibition i didn't actually catch their name but they said to me aside from strikers and i think that's just so that we don't say james norwood um, <laughs> aside from strikers uh, which other players in league 2 would you like to have in lincoln's squad i've rephrased it a little bit um because at the moment i don't think there's anybody really that we would take out of our current first team and mm. replace um maybe somebody might disagree with me there but i you know i i think pound for pound i think our players are the best players in the league so over i mean do you do you want to kick off or do you want me to start
0: um <sighs> I mean, it's like you say, it's, it's a difficult one because you're almost there going, well, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to um, sit there and go, oh, well, you know, I would replace Harry Anderson with, with you know, such and such. But I, I don't think you would. Um, I think for me, um, maybe somebody like, I mean, if you, if you're going to. If you're going to class him as a midfielder, um, obviously he scores quite a few goals. But somebody like Rhys Brown from from Forest Green, I think he's a good player. He'll get forward, he'll score goals when he needs to, um, and anything to you know maybe get that shirt off his back would be be quite nice. Um, I thought he was he was decent against us. You know, obviously struck from distance, hit the crossbar um, on Saturday, and he's he's more or less always a bit of a threat. Um, but outside of that, somebody in that mould, um, maybe uh, I don't know. I, it's such a difficult question to answer. Um, I mean, I, I also don't have you know the the, the sort of semi encyclopedic knowledge that that you do of of the lower leagues from from you know from the writing. But uh, yeah, I I would say maybe I'd, I'd probably take Reese Brown and, and have him there as a you know as a as a backup for Freck. Um, But then you say that and then we realise, shit, we've got Tom Pett on the bench. Um, Yeah, that, that that would be my pick. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, Sadly, there's another one from Village Green. I, I like Jacob Mills, who was the boy that they got running at James Wilson in the first half. Mm. Um, It was the first time I'd seen him in the flesh. I'd I'd heard quite a bit about him. He played uh, Australian A-League last year. And I thought he was good. He was direct. He was overlapping. He was getting back in tackles. And I really liked him. And he caught the eye. Um, Haram Boateng would be an obvious one. Yeah, He's a phenomenal player for this level. Out of contract at Exeter, I think, at the end of the year. Um He can play centrally he can play out wide he links up play nicely, and he's one that might challenge you know well, i say might challenge he he would get in our first team um he might get in over Harry on the right uh he might get to play Shay McCartan role just behind john so he's he's another one that I really like um in terms of prospects I really like uh, Tom James at uh Yeovil he's a young kid who's, who's kind of broken through and done really really well at Yeovil um and he, he's he's bomb for the future I think he's 18 and he had uh, West Brom interested in the summer uh, and also uh, whether you'd have him as backup or quite what we do with him but Christy Pym's a top keeper for Exeter as well I really like oh, of Christy. course yeah but he's superb against us all last season um Mm. Uh, and i've got one more as well uh it's the former editor boy at the back um for mk dons is it story more
0: uh yes
1: uh or taylor something but I, i'll 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 grab his name and i i thought he was absolutely excellent uh for mk dons the other day um, more
0: taylor terry more taylor
1: more taylor is that right is it
0: yeah that's the one I
1: believe you found it before I have. Um, yeah, Jordan Moore Taylor, that's it. Um, what a player he is! Uh, genuinely, he, he organises the defence superbly. Um, we don't need a centre back, you know. But people might argue that uh, against that if they see our, our pair in the FA Cup. Um, so yeah, they're they're a selection of players who would certainly be knocking on the door of our first team. Um, whether they would get in or not, I don't know. But I think there's a, I think there's a lot more talent in League Two these days than there was f- ten years ago. I think mm. you, look even at play, even at teams like Northampton with Kevin Van Veen and Matt Crooks, um, you look even lower down at the, you know, the likes of um, Grimsby. You know, with with the greats to respect, they've got some good players. They had Siriki Dembele last year, so there's talent throughout the division. Um, but it's not all about talent. It's about having somebody and in our case, two people in the dugout who can take all of the fancy ingredients and, and you know, knock up something that's desirable because, you know, you and I couldn't do it. Give us the best 10 players or 11 players in the division. If you and no. I are in the dugout, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so it's not about players all the time. I don't get me wrong, it's a good question, but it's, it's something that annoys me when people say, you know, we need this, we need that, and so we need a prolific goal scorer. Do we really? Got 17 players that have scored this season with the highest scorers in the division. So why do we need a prolific goal scorer? And this this isn't me going back over old ground. The point is, I mean, I and you know, far be it for me to name drop, but I had a conversation with Danny uh, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and basically Danny said to me, I only need to find 10 more goals than last season. Said if I scored, if our team scores ten more goals than last season, he said, then we go up. He said, so it doesn't yeah. matter whether all ten come from one player or whether they all come from all over the field, as long as we get ten goals. I don't care if our leading scorer has got nine goals this season, mm-hmm. as long as ten other players underneath him have got six, seven, and eight. It's you know, yeah. It, football isn't as simple as fans make out sometimes, and it's also not as complicated as managers make out sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, the, the argument for me is, like you say, you would much rather have like goals coming in from all over the pitch and winning goal. You know, winning games by one goal. You know, like scraping a one nil win or you know, edging a two one in the, you know the ninety fifth minute with a central defender scoring a header from a corner. You know, I would much sooner have that than have John Akindi scoring twenty twenty plus goals in a team that goes down. You know, that's that is essentially what happened last season. You know, he, he was with, uh, you know, he, he was getting goals left, right and centre, but the rest of the team didn't perform and he went down. I think, and I think he it's, he um, scored seven, didn't he, Ben? Say again, sorry. I think he only scored seven. Was it last season? Yeah.
1: Did you, did you score seven? Sorry. Yeah. That's
0: my bad. Sorry. Yes. My bad. He was yes, injured I, for
1: the first half, wasn't he? I mean, he scored an, an will, absolute belter.
0: Yeah. I will, I will hold my hands up and say, uh, yeah, know, I've got, I've got that one wrong. I, I, I don't know where I've got that stat from, but uh, yeah, okay. Um, Moving swiftly on, uh, I do want to talk briefly. Actually, we we do need to potentially look at um, another um, kind of another topic for next week if the Oval game doesn't go ahead. Uh, Obviously, we will look back over Saturday's game, um, but something that I have been thinking about a little bit is is obviously talking, you know, about about past games and past teams stuff like that. You know. We'll we'll have a conversation about that. But one thing I do want to briefly touch on, and it's something that you mentioned there is, you know, the, the the whole some some of its parts thing. Um the you know, the the team that got Lincoln City to Arsenal in the fifth round. Um or sorry, in the quarterfinals I should say. Um, you know, the team that got that got Lincoln City to Arsenal. I wouldn't necessarily look at that team now and go, Yeah, I'd have them in the team, or I'd have them in the team that team did you know, incredible things. And, and it's it's not, like you say, it's not necessarily about having the best players. It's about having the best team. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of people get hung up on that. Um, and I think Danny and Nicky know, they know how to get the best out of people. And that, that could be, you know, that, that they will get the very, very best out of an average player. And I'm not necessarily saying that any of the players we've got in our squad at the moment are average, but, you know, they will get the best out of a player. And when you have a group of people that they're getting the absolute best out of, they will come together and they'll do something special like they did before. And like they will doubtless do again. You know, we will doubtless have a team that will, well, we do have a team that's doing great things. And to be honest, we're doing great things after not really playing all that well in some games. Um, I don't understand this obsession at the minute of, of people kind of looking for a scapegoat and looking for something to moan about just enjoy it just just let's let's enjoy supporting our football club you know because we we've been well we've both been in in situations where it's not been that enjoyable so uh, yeah i mean is is there anything um anything else you want to sort of say before we before we wrap up yeah. on uh, this week i want
1: to pick up on a point you made there about the arsenal um game and you mm-hmm. said you know you look at it and you think mm, won't necessarily have many of the players from that team Uh, in in the team now. So I've gone through it and picked three players I would absolutely have. Um, And I think they're the only three that played against Arsenal that we don't still have that I would have played for us now. Uh, And that is Sean Raggett. I think Mm -hmm. he would be phenomenal for us now because he's a great player. Uh, Alex Woodyard, just because I'm still a huge fan. Still, I think we miss Woodyard to a degree. Um, And Joe Ward, played at Arsenal and Joe Ward baffles me because I don't understand why he didn't play more and we didn't sign him because I saw him play against Gateshead in the FA Trophy. Um, I picked that Gateshead game to go to and not the Easter Monday one Um, and Joe Ward was sensational and in that FA Trophy run I think he scored three or four goals. Um, You know, he played against Arsenal. I thought he I thought technically he was very good. I thought he was full of endeavour. He worked hard. And I have no idea how we let him slip through our fingers. I don't know whether there was something personality-wise. But he didn't play very much in the National League. Uh, He went off to, was it Woking? After he left Brighton. And within six months, he's a League One regular at, at Peterborough. And yeah he's the one that got away, and it's there's very, very few players that I look at that we've had on trial or that we've had on loan that Danny hasn't either subsequently signed tried to sign you know the ones that he's let go retrospectively, it's a good decision. You look at Johnny Margots, who is what Gainsborough now. You look at Jack Muldoon, greatest respect, very limited. Terry Hawkridge, not done it at League Two level, no matter what anybody says. Alan Power probably wouldn't get in the side, even though he's Scottish Premier League. Um, you know, he'd still be struggling like Power, but I think it was a justified decision. Um, and even the lads, you know, like uh, Ricardo Calder and Ross Etheridge, who we had on loan at the end of the National League season, we never really went back in for no regrets there. There's no names doing it elsewhere that we haven't made a profit out of or whatever, apart from Joe Ward. And I just can't understand it. I really liked him. Really liked Joe Ward. Not in a kind of a, you know, a, only in an a, admiring a football way. We weren't pals or anything. Um, so, yeah, anyway, there we go. My little
0: loving for Joe Ward. Fair enough. I think, to be honest, the, the one thing that I would say from, from that is, I would, you know, Raggett is probably the name for me. Um, I think we are, you know, Woodyard, I think, is is obviously, yes, he's missed, but I think the, the midfield that we've got at the moment, I think... Uh, Tom Pett is really starting to shine after a, a difficult start to to his you know his Lincoln career last uh, you know when he came in in January, but I think with a full preseason under his belt, I think him and Freck have both proven at the minute that they are obviously you know obviously they're very very different players to to Alex Woodyard. But personally, I'd I'd take um, O'Connor and Pet or O'Connor and Frecks over um, over Woodyard slotting into one of those positions. But really, that's what I. Uh, yeah, F- I. Like? Yeah, I mean that's that's I guess that's what makes football brilliant because we can yeah. <laughs> we can talk about it. We can have those different opinions and stuff.
1: I would definitely I'd have Woodyard with. Uh, Frecklington or Pet I like Michael O'Connor and I think he would be good to bring off the bench I think he would be good to drop into certain situations but for me Alex Woodyard all day long and interestingly chatting to the Peterborough fan he doesn't feel that Woodyard's made the step up as they thought he would so he's a good midfielder he's an industrious midfielder but he's not having the same impact for them as he had for us which is odd considering he's captain and and virtually ever present so maybe the guy uh, well he did overcharge me I think for a couple of programmes so (laughs) <laughs> no nah, i didn't give didn't a good deal because i didn't have enough money for all the ones i selected
0: <laughs> oh dear anyway right um i think that's probably gonna do us uh we're, we're just about hitting 50 minutes but thank you to everybody for the feedback on um the podcast last week obviously uh gary's uh forest green rant has gone semi-viral um in in certain certain circ- uh, certain circles and uh the, the the chat that we had with alan um was was really good fun um Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I've spoken to Alan since as well. He's, you know, he's he's right up for, for having another podcast where hopefully the audio doesn't cock up and we can uh, actually have a, you know, an enjoyable experience on uh, on recording and editing afterwards as well. So, um, yeah, just want to say thank you to the, the folks at the club that allowed that to happen and thank you to Alan for joining us. Um, anything you want to plug? Cool,
1: I haven't really thought about it. I'm not really <laughs> not really selling anything at the minute. No, I don't, no. no the quiz night. Yeah, look, um, I mean, the tickets are selling well. Still one or two tables left and um, get involved, honestly. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good night. I think the board are putting a, a team in. The former players are putting a team in. The Lincoln City staff are putting a team in. And what we really want is some teams of fans to come and and show all that lot that they know more about general knowledge. Um, it's going to be a good night, you know. I know it's a tenor ahead, and people kind of go, "Really?" But you know, you get a seat at an event, you get pie and peas with that as well. There's a prize fund for the winner. It's it's not a bad night. No, I think it'll be cracking. I think it's in the I think it's in the Legends Lounge. Don't quote me on that because I might be wrong. Um, but you know, it's a night down at Lincoln City. I'll be setting the questions, not asking them now. Thank God uh so yeah yeah get honestly get involved in that get a team of four of you or some you know tenor ahead and um and come down and have a laugh with us be good
0: i'm i'm thinking i, I really wanted to go but i think i've got a prior engagement which is really annoying because i'm i was actually really looking forward to it you but were hoping uh, that i was
1: going to give you um, some answers so we could split the prize fund i know
0: you're not supposed to say that on air <laughs> i'm know.
1: not saying the questions till the day before just so that <laughs> so even the guys who are organizing are going to come to me on the 29th and go what, what are the questions uh no worries i'm just going to flick through a trivial pursuit thing going, right we'll have that question we'll have that question nice
0: which edition i'll make sure i've got them all anyway um yeah uh, as ever just you know next gen base the game insight. And go check it out if you can and uh, yeah we'll see you next week um, hopefully when we're in the second round of the FA Cup right, bye
1: bye it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the Imps on iFollow You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See
0: mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by
1: fans.